You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, once again to the House of David Ministry. I'm Pastor Keith Allen. And as you're all aware of, of these following weeks to come in, um, in this walk with Christ, is we're going to be going through the Feast of Weeks and, and everything else um, pertaining to, you know, the first three uh, festives uh, that God had ordained. Um, and what we call Palm Sunday is, um, you know, a little, I don't want to call it a ritual, but it's what happened when Jesus came about on the, on the, on the donkey coming through town and the people were laying palms before him. Okay, so we'll get into that, get the uh, understanding of, uh, of it all, and then, you know, hopefully we all walk away with something today. Um, and hopes that understanding falls upon us all. Okay, so without further ado, let's go ahead and pray, give God the glory, and then we'll get into the Word. Dear Heavenly Father God, we come to you in prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you for this blessed day, dear God. We thank you for guiding us, protecting us, and keeping us, dear Lord God. We pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for your holy word, dear Lord God, to reign upon our minds, dear Lord God, to be in our hearts, Lord God, and be in every action and every works in which we do upon this earth, dear Lord God. We pray to look out for one another, dear Lord God, that we help, support, and love one another as you called us to do, dear Lord God, so that your will will be done and complete upon this earth. We pray and thank you, dear Lord God, for allowing us, dear Lord God, to be able to work in the flesh, dear Lord God, and allowing the Spirit to come forth, dear Lord God, and increasing us, dear Lord God, in Jesus' name. We pray and thank you for all these things, dear Lord God, and as we come to you, dear Lord God, before your word, dear Lord God, we ask in the name of Jesus, dear Lord God, that everyone clears their hearts and their minds of any malice, of anything that may restrain them from getting understanding, dear Lord God. For your word says that the light was before us, and those who of the darkness could not comprehend. But we pray right now, dear Lord God, that everyone is able to clear themselves so that they do comprehend your word today, dear Lord God, that they do get understanding, dear Lord God, and that they have respect, dear Lord God, and dignity for your word and for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. Okay, we'll be coming out of uh, Zechariah chapter 9. So if you can get yourself there while I um, discuss what what's going on. Um, now we know <clears throat> Passover is coming about. We know that the Feast of Unleavened Bread is is the first besides Passover that is is the is the first feast preceding uh, um, <clears throat> to follow Passover, 
uh, and it's a week of unleavened bread. So they eat Passover, and then you go into a week of unleavened bread. And in Deuteronomy, God speaks of, you know, the males that we know the new covenant speaks of everyone, okay? That's just the way it is. So you brought it in a new covenant, not only for the Gentiles, but for the women to be recognized as well. Uh, so don't forget that. Don't try to, you know, be chauvinist and try to set women aside. God loves us all. But he put it forth, so he's saying in Deuteronomy, come before me three times a year. And he said, when you come to him three times a year during the, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of Tabernacles, or the three uh, feasts, okay? The Feast of Weeks and Unleavened Bread, of course, are in the uh, first three um, uh, feast of the year, and then there's a, a period in which about four months before the, we, the, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles and everything else happens. But God wants us to come before him, and he says, do not come before me empty. Now, this is where Palm Sunday, this is where the crucifixion, this is where the resurrection comes into play. Because Christ was preparing us for those three feasts before the Lord. And if you notice during his ministry, he said in his ministry pretty much, not like three or four times, anyone that he had touched or even that their faith alone when he said, go, your faith has made you whole. So he's telling us in a way that he's coming, he is fulfilling us. So when we do come before the Lord, we're not empty. We are whole. We're not a part. Okay, we're not a fraction of what we should be. Jesus is completing a circumstance, again, that a lot of us were failing in the past years uh, before his coming. This is an understanding of three feasts. Feast of weeks, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Tabernacle. Okay, so... While you get to um, Zechariah, I'm going to read out of Ephesians chapter chapter uh, two, and he speaks of this in um, Ephesians, Philippians chapter two, and God speaks of fulfilling something in us. Okay, and He says in chapter two, verse five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So you have to have a mindset about yourself. You have to be comprehending of the light, just as we spoke of. You have to know that the light has come into the world not to condemn you, not to forsake you, but to save you. And you have to allow that, that light to save you. You can't sit here and be bullheaded, uh, contrary, because you want to be different from everyone, okay? It's not about that. It's about knowing what truth is, knowing what truth is when it comes before your eyes. Not, you know, I don't want to say turn out, but rejecting it. You don't want to reject the truth, because then you leave yourself in ignorance and then wonder why you haven't matured in the spirit, wonder why. No one wants to be around you because you're so negative. You're so you're so distant from everyone. 
God's not calling us to be that way. He's calling us to be a body of Christ, to be as one, to commune with our brothers and sisters, okay? He didn't call us all to be in some high mountain all by ourselves, uh, meditating all of our lives. We, we can't put in any words just sitting there by ourselves. We have to put back into this world because those who are out there are needing us. And Jesus is came to fulfill that for us, okay? And he says in verse 6, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, we know Jesus was, was God in the flesh, okay? We know who he was, okay? We know that he's trying to tell us, and this is, the next few verses, it, it, it's going to ring out about something, about his peace, about these, this, this Palm Sunday is what we call, which is today. Um, verse 6, who being from the form, uh, in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation. I want you to hear that. He made no reputation of himself and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So you see in Genesis, God made man in his likeness. But in order to undo all of our craziness, he took himself and made himself into our likeness. He took his only begotten son, brought him into that manner to undo all of our craziness, okay, to try to help us understand him a little more. He said, I'm going to come in the flesh just as you are, but I'm not trying to be high-minded. I'm not trying to co-sign myself. I'm not trying to be anything other than what I am, and as, as he said, he came in the form of a man, and that's what he was. He put himself in the, in, the, in the position of a servant. So if you are a shepherd, if you are a minister or a pastor, you are the servant of those who follow you. You are not, you're not the, the head. You are not, as you would call, Y'all and all, where you should be waiting on hand and foot. You ought to be wait, um, waiting on your shepherd, uh, sheep, hand and foot. Because in order for the sheep to, to be able to graze in a field, the shepherd has to take them to that field so they can so they can graze in that field. So in other words, you have to feed the sheep. And when trouble comes, you have to protect them. When they are sick, you have to heal them. Okay. It is that the sheep don't come and take care of the shepherd. The shepherd takes care of the sheep. And this is how our society has twisted things. This is how our society has come along and taken even the, the Feast of Weeks and all the other feasts in which God has called us, and we have just twisted so. Okay? We have twisted so. And he said in his commandments, to serve no other God but him. Okay? Don't idolize any other false gods. But yet we do it. And upon him coming to earth, dying on the cross for our sins, we have allowed the enemy to come in and take away God's glory. And we replace his son's resurrection and God's power and his might with a buddy. idolizing false gods. You may not see it that way, but you're doing it so. 
God sent his only begotten son to come in here to wash away our sins, raise him from the dead so, those, so that the remission of sins is done and over with, so he may increase us and show us his power and his might to lead us to salvation. And how do we repay God? By, by pretty much moving him out of the picture and giving the glory to a bunny. An egg. We'll get into that in a few weeks, but just know you may not think it's so, but it is so. You may disagree, but it is so. We go and say, oh, it's Easter, it's Easter. No, it's not. It's resurrection. That's what it is. Christ died on the cross for our sins, and God resurrected this, this Christ. In us. And we, again, cannot comprehend because we allow the, the ways of this world to overrule everything that God is trying to do. So, getting back to the word, we'll go on into Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, is where I'm going to start. And this is the foreseen, again, this Palm Sunday, in which we're talking about. We want to wide a palm. Okay? And verse 9, we, in, this is Zechariah, uh, 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 a uh, vision in which God had given him. Okay? Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just. Okay? He is just in having salvation. Just as he said, when he's when in the second coming, he says, he comes and his reward is with him. And every time he came, he had a reward with him. He's given us salvation to get us through this life. He's given us mercy to get us through this life. And when he comes the second time, he comes with another reward. The reward of everlasting life in heaven with his presence before us for all eternity. Okay. Having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a coat, the foil of an ass. Okay? And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall speak peace unto the heathen, meaning the Gentiles, the lost, those who don't know him, he will come peacefully unto us to show us his ways, to show us he is still here for us, even though those out there in the world may be telling us that we are not of the fold, that we are not counting in that number. He's coming with peace, with understanding, with salvation. This is for us. God is not against us. He is for us. Okay? Know this. Please know this. All right? And his dominion shall be from sea unto sea, and from river, even from the river even unto the ends of the earth. As for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit 
wherein is no water. Now, we all ask that question. I can't find that scripture where it says, you know, Jesus went to hell. This is it right here. It's saying when he did everything that he did, when he sacrificed himself, everybody that was, I don't want to say wrongfully judged, but they were placed in hell because of the law. And when Jesus came to salvation, it's just like you playing cards, you know, or oh, I got the king, well, I got the ace of spades, and it trumps the king, okay? It trumps the king of spades. Just like that, his salvation trumped the law. And it freed all these people. It took them out of a situation in which there was no water of life. As it says, there was no water. There's nothing but death, desolation. They were in hell. And his salvation freed them. His salvation freed them, yet we, once again, give the glory to something that is not of God. We do it each and every time. Every time God is presented before us, each and every time we talk about God, we can't give him the glory. I had a discussion with someone just yesterday. Um, we were talking about songs on the radio. And we said, you know, how they'll play all this craziness as soon as you have a song, and it can be it can be just as, you know, has just this catches beat just as any other song, and yet the the, the moment you mention God or Jesus in the song, it gets no play. Point in, point in instance, because I know I had texted out to a few people yesterday. And it's a song by Teddy Pendergrass that was played on the radio like clockwork back in the, in the 80s and the early 90s. And nowhere in the song does it mention the name Jesus. It doesn't say Jesus. And it doesn't say God. But however, the song was about God. That he sent his only begotten son into the world so that we all can live. And this Somebody told me, it's the name of the song, and I know you know it. Somebody told me to deliver a message and to pass it on to you. I know you all heard that song on the radio. I guarantee you had Teddy Pendergrass said, God sent me to deliver a message and to pass it on to you, that wouldn't have got no radio play. This is how our world works. We want to talk about Palm Sunday. We're going to get into that because we're going to run over to Matthew again in just a minute, okay? So let me finish reading these next few verses. And this is how our world works, people. We should be rejoicing in Palm Sunday. We should be rejoicing in the Feast of Weeks. We should be celebrating Passover, the week of, uh, you know, the, the festive weeks, uh, Pentecost, and everything else. But we don't. We don't. We give honor and glory to man. We give honor and glory to all these idols. 
but God, we tend to we tend to push him out of the picture. How can you have a, a, a festivity for God if he's not there? If God's nowhere in the presence of this festive event that you're having, how can it be for him? Recall the, 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 the wedding um, that Jesus attended. God's presence is there in a festive way. You give honor and glory to God. When things weren't going right, what did they do? Mary came in and said, hey, please refill this wine. They run out. And what did he do? He took the water and he turned it into wine. It's salvation. Salvation works in so many ways and people don't understand it. Yet, we don't give the glory back to God. We don't show God the love that we should have for him, that he has for us. I hope you guys are getting this, because this is very important. Because that salvation of yours is very important, because his word tells us to work out our own salvation through fear and trembling. So please note, please note to work out your own salvation. Don't be with the fruit. Just because everybody else is doing it, don't make it so. It don't make it right. Okay? It's okay to stand alone, a few a few in the far between. But that's what God is calling. Calling the few that are willing for his name's sake to be ridiculed, to be persecuted. People are going to call you nuts. They're going to call you crazy. They can call you a devil worshiper and all this other stuff when they are the ones who are worshiping devils. They are the ones who are worshiping idols. But they want to make you seem like you're in the wrong. Put the pressure on you to come over. Don't let it be. Stand fast on God's word. Know what it is. Comprehend the light. Comprehend what the word of God is. Know what it is. Be true to it. Don't be mistaken. Don't be misled. Verse 12, again, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. Turn ye to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. Even to the day do I declare that I will render double unto thee. He, he, he's saying that his, his, his portion is great, people. We got to we got to know who God is. We can't sit here around here and try to try to be pleasers of man. That's what His Word says. Those who are pleasers of man, you get nowhere. You get nowhere in, in the kingdom. Nowhere. God's Word says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all the other things will be added unto you." But we don't seek God's kingdom. We seek personal gain, personal status, socializing with the, the best and biggest group. But we don't seek God's faith. We don't seek God the way we should be seeking him. We say we're doing this for God, we're doing that for God, when we're actually doing it for ourselves. 
How can this be? I know most people during this time of year give their little Easter speeches and sermons. Right up in God's house. No one calls it resurrection. They sit and call it Easter in God's house. Again, we'll get up on that in a few weeks. But know this, it is dead wrong. It's dead wrong. So turn it over to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, and we're going to be coming out of verses 1 through 9. All right, so Matthew chapter 21, verse 1. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a coat with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. That was the prophecy we just read. And Zechariah, right? The coat and the donkey. That's what we just read. He said, bring them unto me. And if any man say out unto you, ye shall say, the Lord hath need of them, and straightway he shall send them. If the Lord has need of you, he will call for you. The question is, will you answer the call? That's the question. And if there is someone who might be hindering you from your call, how do you break away from this? Just as it says, he says, the Lord has need of them, and straightway he will send them. So if it is a just and right person, they know the call of the Lord, and if the Lord needs you, they won't, they won't um, restrict you in any way of doing what needs to be done. But then there are those out in this world who restrict us, who uh, muzzle the ox or uh, put a yoke on us. When God is calling us to do one thing, they try to make it seem so wrong for us to do this thing. And we need to get an understanding of when God is talking and when man is talking. And people will come before us with such a great presentation of why we shouldn't do something. It talks us out of what God has actually told us to do or called us to do. Okay? People thought Noah was crazy building, building that big boat in the middle of nowhere, right? God called him to do that. Had he listed otherwise, we know the ramifications. Jesus was called upon to do something. He did it. He didn't listen to man. As they they chastised, they placed judgment upon him. He still went through with what God indeed willed him to do. 
He didn't allow man to deter him from his assignment. He was called for something. Okay? And this 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 donkey and this colt were called by Christ himself to fulfill prophecy. God calls upon us at times in our lives to fulfill prophecy. Things have to be done. The, the, the Roman Empire, they had to crucify Christ because it was to fulfill prophecy. No God and know what he's saying. Know what he's trying to do. We can't fully understand God, okay? No one knows his ways because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But however, we do need to get understanding that when God is working to allow it to work and not try to choke it up, not try to throw dirt on the fire and put it out. All right. So in verse 4, where we are, all this was done that it might, again, right here, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon a donkey, as a coat uh, foil as an uh, of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the donkey and the coat and a put on them their clothes. And they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitude that went before and that followed Christ and Hosanna to the son of David, the less is that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. So they recognized the coming of Christ. Some did. Some were still ignorant to the fact. Some were still bullheaded to the fact because they were of certain stature of power, at least they thought they were. In man's eye they were. And and they um they go about going to make sure that their status remains the same. And in order to do so, anything that comes before them that is not catered to their teachings, to their ways, they are going to get rid of it. That's the way they operate it. We still operate that way this day. Look at our governments throughout the world. If you are not in the same mindset as they are, you are not welcome. We know this. They will get rid of you in a way. They will. They will. They will dig dirt upon you to make make everyone look at you in a way that like you. You just this this horrible, horrible person. As Jesus said, he is without sin. That's the first stone. They don't take heed to that either. They still stoning people through scandals and all kind of other stuff. Palm Sunday is to recognize fulfillment of prophecy. 
it is a step for us towards something greater. If we're to come before the presence of God and we're not to be empty, this prophecy of Palm Sunday, as, as we call it, it wasn't just about palm. Hear what it said in verse 8. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. And if you don't get that spiritually, I just don't understand. Because Christ has come before them. They want to change. They are calling out Hosanna, blessed be the Lord. That's what they're saying. So they're shedding off the old man, or the old person, I should say. They're taking these garments off because they know that the, the, the king of kings is before them, and he will give them new garments. They're throwing that down, letting him trample over with 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 his with his, um, with his coat and his um, his donkey. Because his reward is with him. He brings salvation and peace. They have no need of the old person anymore. Christ is before them. Let me shed this off. See, we missed the whole point. We talked about Palm Sunday. But what it is about is the new man, the new person that is within you. Allow that to come out so you can present yourself unto the Lord, not empty. For those who didn't shed their clothes, for those who still sat and held onto the old person, those are the ones who persecuted him. They weren't crying out, blessed be the Lord. So for those of you who are giving homage to a, to, a, to, a, to a bunny right now, you might want to shed your clothes. Because you're not, you're not changing. There's no change in you. You're still going out the old way. Just as before Jesus came here, right here in this scene, they're still going about their old way. We're doing this for the last four or five hundred years, and we're going to continue doing it. That's how they are. That's the way we are today. It's the way it was done. So no one wants to change their preaching or teaching method because they don't want to feel the fool. They don't want to feel like they've misled or were inadequate themselves in knowing what the Word of God really said. That's because they're supposed to be the interpreters, right? They're supposed to be the ones who are literate in, in, in knowing what God said in his word, to decipher it, have the scribes write it down. No one else could touch it other than the high priest and those who are in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the synagogue, right? So the general public, all they could do was listen to what was being told, right? So it's easy kind of to be misled in that way, and that's why Jesus came with his salvation the way he came with it. He came preaching the word the way it should have been preached to everyone, with truth and understanding. With truth and understanding. Not with, with malice, ill chance, or ill will. Palm Sunday. People laid before him palms from trees. They laid before him their clothing. They were trying to be as John was in the, in the wilderness. They took and they paved the way for Christ to come. 
for judgment. We paved the way. That's what God is calling us to do today. Pave the way for the return of Christ. And do all that we can do. Do everything in our power that we can do to get as many souls before God blameless and spotless as possible. That is our mission. That is our job today. Paving the way for the return of Christ. Because during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which follows the Passover, which all this led up to, because shortly after this is where he gets turned over and crucified. You have the Passover, and immediately after the Passover comes the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days. But Christ died upon the Passover, just as it's called to do so. The firstborn shall die. He left the house that night when he was not supposed to, according to the scriptures written in Genesis. If you read it, you stay in the house until the next morning. You do not come out. You do not come out of that covering when you put the blood upon the post. And that's what he did. When he, put it, when he died on the cross, his blood was on the post. But he had to do that to cover us. He sacrificed himself already. When he left that house, he already knew it. When he left the covering, he says, the firstborn shall die. He is the firstborn. He's the only. But in his sacrifice, through his resurrection, came our salvation. And with our salvation and the peace and love of his word, we ought to spread it. We work out our own salvation, yes, but we speak as he did peace. Not ill will, ill tent, not misguiding, misleading. Peace. The word is peace. That's what we give to people. To give them the ease of mind is to come to Christ. Okay? To show them the ways of this world that, that are not right. To show them the ways of the world in which John was screaming out in the wilderness. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And if the kingdom of heaven is at hand, as this word said earlier, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And if you can't seek it, then something is not right in you. Kingdom of heaven is at hand. And if you don't change your ways, if you don't stop worshiping idols that are not God, if you don't stop doing these things, people, please understand, I'm not getting on you. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. But I am telling you what God's word says, to stop worshiping false idols. God is our only, only God, the one and only true living God, the God of hosts. King of kings, Lord of lords. It's not all this other stuff we, we, we are cherishing in, in this world. The trophies that we get, yeah, look what I did. And you put that trophy in your house and, you know, you want to dust it off every day and, you know, you know, all this other stuff. It's not about that stuff. This is about God and what he has done for us. Now, what are we going to do for him? You call it Palm Sunday, I call it paving the way. 
because that's what we should be doing. Recognizing God. Knowing who he is in our lives and what he has done and paying it forward to those who are out there seeking him, who are being misled, who are being mistreated, who are being ostracized in any kind of way. Give God the glory to God be the glory in all things through Christ Jesus. He is our mediator. He is the one who stands before God and gives a voucher for us. Please note the books of Moses and understand what Jesus is trying to do. Go back over your Old Testament. As you saw here in Matthew, it represented everything that was foretold in that Old Testament in Zechariah. And everything Jesus talks of is can come from Psalms, Proverbs, First Kings, Genesis. Every every book of the Old Testament, Jesus gave it back to us in plain text. When you read this when you read this New Testament, you literally get a better understanding of what the Old Testament was saying. Because I know sometimes it's a little hard to read prophecies. But Jesus gave us the prophecies. His disciples gave us the prophecies and their works. Through their works, that's how they did it. <clears throat> that's how they fulfilled the prophecy. That's how they got an understanding out to the people to show them what these prophecies were actually trying to say. Not what the the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees were writing down, oh, it meant this. You know, so do it this way. You know, no. Jesus came to give us it plainly and put it right before our eyes. And we still can't see because some of us are blind to the fact because we, want to, we don't want to take out the old man. We want to keep it on. But it is so pleasing to us. It's so easy to walk in that old life where you don't have to study God's word, where you don't have to sit down and pray, where you don't have to sit here and give honor to God, but it's so easy for you to give honor to some other item. Why? Because you get fulfilled in getting things, candy, gifts, and whatever else. You get to dress up in your little costumes. That's fun to the flesh. God, God's children, we, we can have fun, people. We can honor God, and, and he gave us feasts throughout the year. So you try to tell me God is not fun? He's given us feasts to actually have, to go have fun. He's not a God of boredom. He's a God of life, and life is full of joy. And what do you do at feasts? You are joyful at a feast. You have fun at feasts before the Lord, not false idols. Take the way, take it correctly. Don't pave a crooked path for all those who follow to fall victim to your crooked ways. Take a straight and narrow path for those to follow and make it truthful. Don't make it out to be a false thing for personal gain. The only one who should be gaining in our works is God. Now, he gave us the increase of a gift. He gave us the increase of maturity, of understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. We pay it forward by increasing the body of Christ, leading people to God 
that they, they know that salvation is at the doorstep for them. I thank you all for joining us. I pray for your mindset, and I pray for your hearts. I truly do. I pray that you are able to withstand and be strong in the spirit, put on the full armor of God, and know that this world is out to, to deter you in any way it can. But stand fast in what you believe in for God, okay? Not for mankind, not to, to sit here and try to please someone else. Please God. Okay, please God, and you will see the thing. You will feel it. You will feel the fulfillment, and when you please God, as He will increase you, as He said, double fold. Know who God is in you. Don't let no one else tell you different. Hear the voice of God, not of man, not of yourself. Be blessed, and God bless you all. Thank you for joining us. Have a blessed day. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.